Hello, and welcome to another episode of FTU, Life After the Military. I'm Tony Rodriguez, and I'm your host. Um, so, what is it? It's Mother's Day weekend. So, for all the mothers out there, I just want to say, uh, I hope you have a good day, and happy Mother's Day. <clears throat> okay, so in this episode, uh, of course, what do I want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about my adventures with a uh, recruiter. I also want to talk about my uh, the nonsense that I've been going through with the VA, and that's probably going to be the show, because um, again, don't want to talk too much, and don't want these episodes to be too long. Okay, so let's just jump right into it, right? So I've been applying to, I've applied to a few jobs, right? I'm just test the water, see how things are going. Like I said, I, I love working where, where I am right now, where I'm currently employed. It's awesome. It's a great environment. My coworkers are very understanding. We can have discussions and whatever and respect each other's opinion. Um, so I really enjoy it. Um, the one downfall is I'm still working with the military. And honestly, that part of it makes me want to vomit because uh, company commanders, I mean, let's face it, they're company commanders, right? They, uh, for whatever reason, once they get into company command, they think they know everything about every subject uh, ever that's ever been put out there, right? And they don't, they don't, they're morons. They just don't realize it. Uh, they're just sitting in a position of authority, so they think they're, that they're smart. But let's face it, the majority of them are not. The majority of them are um, big, dumb animals, ladies and gentlemen. They're big, dumb animals, and there's no other way to put it. Um, so that's that, that part of it I, I don't like. But my coworkers I actually uh, do enjoy working with them. And so to them, I just want to say thank you. Um, so, all right, so I applied to this one position, right? And uh, I had the recruiter call me up because he got my resume and my phone number was on there and he called me and um, he had some comments about my about my resume. And he told me, it's like, hey, this, this resume, it's a little too general. What we need is we need something more specific, um, you know, because and he, on my resume, I my titles I had, you know, what I am now is I'm a culture instructor. You know, my, Positions in the military I had program manager, project manager, uh, junior project manager, and all the way down to uh, human resources. I forgot something, human resources, something, right? And uh, so he proceeded to say, it's like, you know, the, the, this is just too generic, and uh, these positions don't exist in the military. It's like, what we need to know is, uh, you know, your positions, what was your rank? You know, he asked, uh, you know, what was the highest rank you achieved and in each rank, you know, what were your duty positions? And so he kept going. And after about two or three minutes of him talking and telling me how to stop him. And I said, I thanked him for his time. And I said I, that I wanted to withdraw my application and he was taken aback. He didn't understand why. And I said, look, I'm looking for a position um, that's going to pay me more than I'm in now. If this position pays me that that's great. I'd be more than happy to apply but the position has to be right for me, you know, and I don't want to look for another position that is going to take me back into the military mindset. That's not where I want to be. I don't want to work in a position where um, people still think they have ranks because I don't. My, I'm just Tony Rodriguez or Antonio Rodriguez. That's it. Mr. If you want it. And when I finish my PhD, then it'll be doctor. But right now I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I have no rank. And I don't want to go back into a place where people think that they still have rank. I don't want to 
I have one coworker. He works on another post. Uh, we work for the same company doing the same job, but he still introduces himself as uh, Lieutenant Colonel retired. It's like, whatever, bro. Like you don't have a rank and I'm not calling you that. And if you don't like it, oh, wow, too bad. We don't have to speak to each other because our jobs, we do the same job, but we don't have to mingle. I don't need his assistance for anything and he doesn't need my assistance. And so, you know, good on him if that's, if he wants to continue to live his life like that. I, I don't. And so I thank the recruiter and he, he just didn't know what to say. He was thought I was upset or offended. I was like, no, I'm not offended. It's your company sounds great, but I, it's not for me. I don't want to go back into some place where there's this imaginary rank structure. Oh, where what, what rank were you when you were in? Oh, so you were a, a captain. Okay. So I guess I have to listen to you. What rank were you? Oh, well, you're actually, you were just a staff sergeant. So I don't have to listen to you. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. Nobody cares about what your rank was when you were in the military, right? It's like, so what am I going to do? I'm going to look at somebody and say, oh, well, you were a sergeant first class when we were in the military. But, you know, now, you know, you're actually in a higher position and you're actually you know, my boss, but I don't have to listen to you because your rank was, you were only a sergeant first class. No, that's stupid. And that's how he was explaining it. I'm sure that's not how the company works, but I'm not going to leave a position where I'm happy that I like um, for another position where the recruiter can't even describe the job. He can, He's not able to describe it um, to my satisfaction. So I just said, thank you. And I moved on. Right. And that leads me to uh, another point. I, I didn't mention this, but, uh, you know, the gym that I go to, it's like a, it, it's a regular gym just out there, true fit gym, right? And it's a bunch of uh, retirees go there and active duty. And I saw a buddy in there and we were talking and he was there with, uh, he ran into another friend and I, I never met this person. And so we were talking and, the other gentleman that I had just met, we're going to call him Guy, right? Because I don't know, didn't know his name. And uh, he gave it to me, but I, I didn't catch it. I wasn't pay, really paying attention. Um, and he had this full-grown beard, right? And so we were talking, and he said, yeah, I see you don't, you know, you don't have a beard. You can't let go of the military. And I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I just smiled. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I came up with some nonsense answer, which... Uh, looking back, I don't owe that guy any explanation, but I, I like my friend that was there. So I, I just, I didn't want to cause any problems for him. Um, but I didn't have any facial hair before I came into the military. I didn't have any facial hair while in the military. Why would I have facial hair when I get out? And again, I think I voiced this before. If you want to grow a beard, go ahead. Grow a ZZ top. Grow your beard from your face all the way down to the floor. Who cares? It's your choice. You've done your time. You live your life how you see fit, right? If you want to be uh, like Hulk Hogan and rock the skullet, you know, be bald on top and then have long hair on the sides and the back, then go ahead. You do whatever you want to do, whatever's going to make you happy. For me, I don't grow a beard because I don't like it. I don't like the look. And two, what I found is that veterans who grow beards, they grow, they have their reasons, but this is just my theory that they no longer have a uniform to put on. So the beard is like their unofficial uniform, right? You grow the beard out so you can let people know like, 
yeah, I was in the military. See my beard? That's how you know I'm in the military, right? Because who else grows beards? Hip uh, Hipsters? You know, doofus hipsters, hipster doofuses, right? Those are the only people, but you're not going to, you're not going to confuse a, a veteran with a, a hipster, right? So that's the point. That's what I'm trying to say. I was like, I understand what this gentleman was trying to say, you know, trying to say, hey, it's all right. You're out of the military. Uh, you should grow your beard. Actually, yes, I am out of the military, but because of my job, I still want to present myself professionally and I'm applying for other positions, other jobs, right? So when I go in there, I don't want to look like I just came out of, uh, you know, the Rocky Mountains or off of the Appalachian Trail. You know, I want to pre present myself in a professional manner and having this crazy beard isn't going to help me out. Um, so, again, if you want to grow it, grow it. It's like for me, I don't because I think it's just veterans that just can't let go and want they want people to think that they're uh, that they they want people to know that they served. And if that's you, have at it. I'm like, who cares? It's just not for me. Okay, um, so what else? The VA, right? Well, when I did my uh, claim, the VA denied my cyanitis, right? And people would think that that's minor, right? Because my overall rating is well over, like, you're came in like at 400%, right? So yes, I'm getting my 100%. But the problem is, it's like, it's very difficult just to get basic treatment for my injuries, right? My shoulders each were rated at 20%, right? Um, they both need to be replaced. And just to get an appointment to be seen for my left shoulder, which is, my left shoulder is the equivalent of a, of a gentleman who's about 90 years old. Like it's falling apart. It's decrepit. It's deteriorated. It, I'm amazed that my arm is still attached to my body. Uh, and it's very, very difficult to get any type of treatment for it. So I, I now just go through TRICARE because it's easier. Call them up, set the appointment, and show up, right? The VA is like you have to do some crazy chant and pray to the spirits and bribe people. And maybe in, you know, six months, you know, <laughs> on February 29th, we have an appointment. Wait, what? It's like, yeah, uh, the next leap year, we'll see you. Oh, okay. And I know I say that jokingly, but that's how they are. They're, they're horrible. So um, uh, they denied my claim for cyanitis. So I uh, appealed it, right? And I got a, a call and the lady asked me, it's like, oh, wait, you know, she was telling me, it's like, oh, no, you can still go in and be treated for it. Um, even if we denied it, like the VA will still treat it. And I explained to her, it's like, Look, the VA is garbage. Like the administrative side for the ratings and that, that's pretty good. Actually providing care for people is garbage. And why? Because those people are in GS jobs and it's very difficult to fire somebody in a GS position. And they think that they're untouchable. What they don't understand is that I, there were multiple times where I was very close to taking my pen and stabbing them in the face. Um, because they're rude sons of bitches. They are. And they're, let's, let's face it. Yeah. Okay. You have a security guard there. Might be able to take me down, but he's not going to take me down before I take this pen and I ram it right through your skull. And I'm not saying I'm going to do that. Um, but you know, but the people there, they're the reason why I 
stopped going to the VA because they were just causing me stress. Now, this lady uh, who I pilled my uh, cyanitis with uh, asked whatever, what evidence did I have? It's like, well, I went to Iraq three times and both, you know, all three times. It's like the first time I wasn't by, I didn't live near a burn pit. I was like, but it was during the initial invasion. So everything was burning. And so that was bad enough. And then all the moon dust that's there. It's like, and then, then the second time I went back and I was about, I don't know, 300, 200, 300 meters away from a burn pit, which is actually true and not true because the main burn pit was about 300 meters away. But before that was established, we had to burn our own trash. So it was literally about uh, 25 meters from where we slept. And so then the next time, the last time in 2008, um, we lived about, yeah, about 100 meters away from the burn pit. And so I explained that to her and she just looked on my DD-214 and realized, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're not going to question this. Um, so it's still going through the, the pill process, but it looks pretty good. And like I said, I just want it. I, I'm not trying to get money for this. I just, even if you give me a 0% rating, that's fine. I just want a rating. So when I need surgery on my sinuses, because they hurt every day and they didn't hurt like this until I went to Iraq. Um, but my sinus passages just, they, they kill me every day. And the one time I went to a sick call in the army, you know, the stupid PA, you know, goddamn green beret reject that went PA, right? Uh, decided that he was, a uh, said, Hey, uh, you know, I hadn't been to sick hall in like 12 years. Cause I, I know nothing ever comes from it. Right. So I went in and asked for a referral to, uh, the H E E N T department up at Womack. And, uh, he looked at me and he said, well, you know, we're not going to waste their time by sending you up there. And granted, I was a sergeant first class at the time. Right. And he's like, I see you don't come in a sick call very much, so we're not going to waste their time by sending you up there. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to give you some Flonase, and that should take care of the problem. It's like, and the guy was garbage, right? He, he was an idiot. He was a moron. He's stupid. And uh, in the military, when I was in, I had to put up with that nonsense. Um, because, you know, of course, if you cause any problems at the clinic, you know, of course you're going to get in trouble because company commanders don't want to hear that uh, you raised your voice at anybody, right? So you're going to get an Article 15, right? I'm not in the military anymore, so I, I don't have to put up with anybody's bullshit. We're not. We're veterans, right? We've done our time. We're out. And it's important for us to raise our voice, to say something. And so I'm glad that this lady was willing to work with me and uh, least listen to my reasons why I should be given some sort of rating for my cyanitis. Um, even if it's just so I can go somewhere else and uh, get a referral away from the VA. Um, Cause let's face it, they're not going to help me. Uh, but I, I just wanted to pass that along because, you know, I, I, I know I've been pretty hard on the VA with their, um, their performance at the facilities. And it's true. The mo the majority of the people I speak to say the same thing. It takes forever to get an appointment. And once they get an appointment, a follow-up appointment takes, uh, you know, months. And that's fine. I get it. They're overworked. But what I'm saying is 
just because you work at the VA and you're overworked doesn't mean that that gives you a right to be an asshole. It doesn't. And yeah, I know the, a lot of people that are listening to this, they're going to say, it's like, well, you're kind of an ass. It's like, yes, I am. And guess what? That's why I don't work at the VA um, because that's a very important position. And if you do work at the VA, you need to understand that even if I'm t- speaking to you on the phone, there's nothing that's stopping me from going into the VA and just punching you in the face um, because you're a moron. So you might want to stop and think about that. Okay. Um, so as reading on, online, you know, again, lost another another member, right, of special operations, uh, another veteran who took his life. And I, I just want to just mention, it's like, yeah, again, these 22 push-ups, they do nothing, right? They're, they're, they're beyond stupid. They're beyond pathetic. It was like that stupid ice bucket challenge, ice bucket challenge from a few years ago. What the hell did that do? Nothing, right? Well, it's the same as these stupid push-ups. Um, so if you're, if you know anybody, if you're a veteran, if you're not a veteran, if you know anybody who served, um, just reach out to them. Um, just letting them know that you, you think about them every once in a while. That, that helps. It lets them know that they're not alone. And you'd be amazed that that goes a long way. You know, for me, I, I've always been the oddball, always been the black sheep, always, you know, never fit in anywhere, anywhere. Didn't fit in in East Los Angeles. Didn't fit in at University of California at Irvine. Didn't fit in in the Army in the 82nd. I didn't fit in in Special Operations. I think right now it might be the best fit I've ever had in my job where I am right now because it's just a bunch of nerds and we don't care about. We know we have different points of view and it's okay. If you look at us, there's six of us and we're, we're all different. You know, and, and that's all right. I think that's the best I've ever fit in. Um, but everywhere else, never, never fit in. And and I'm, I always felt like a loner. I always felt like I had to try extra hard. And by trying extra hard, I felt like I was pushing myself further away, that people didn't want to be around me because I tried too hard. Um, so just... Just knowing that people will reach out to me every once in a while, give me a text, just saying, hey, how are you doing? That goes a long way. That helps me out. That that brings a smile to my face. You know, of course, my family, my kids, you know, my grandbaby, uh, Zakaria, uh, Leolina, you know, she she's a champion. Uh, of course, they always make me happy. Um, but, you know, they're they're my family. They're that's what they're they're going to do that anyway. Um, so just knowing that there are other people out there, friends that just, you know, will text me every once in a while, that means a lot. So reach out to somebody that you haven't reached out to in a, in a while. Maybe there's there's an old, uh, somebody from your old platoon or your old team that you haven't talked to in a few months, maybe even in a few years. Um, just send them an email, send them a text, call them, something, just say, hey, bud. How you doing? You all right? You still alive? You don't know how much that, that, that'll mean to someone. All right. So um, this week for um, veteran-owned businesses, um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I know I've been slacking on this. Um, I've just been really busy. I'm in the middle of moving my house, uh, you know, moving to the new house. So 
I'm sorry, but I don't have any uh, veteran-owned businesses to promote this week. Um, but again, um, if you go back and listen to some of the old episodes, there are quite a few that we've recommended. Um, so just, you know, go out and help any of these people that you can. All right. Shout outs. Hey, T. Um, I think you're out there in Virginia still. I hope you're doing well. I just want to say, hey, thanks for the great times in the wonderful um, Wazit province in Iraq, in Al-Qut. Um, I miss you, T. I hope uh, your son, T-Bomb, is doing all right. And, uh, you know, just stay cool. All right, so until next time, you know, just remember you are special. You have something that separates you from everybody else. Just identify what that skill is, what that talent is, and maximize it. And I'm sure you'll uh, be successful. All right, so until next time, zot, 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 and roll tide.